Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm the other host, Janie. Hello, Jane. Are you excited for today's podcast? I am excited. These chapters were really interesting, I think. They were really interesting. I liked them. I had fun with them. I I clapped. I cheered. I cried. I didn't really I'm cry. I'm so sorry. They're, these chapters were good. Uh, let's let's get yeah. right into the summary. E. Chapter 12. We check in to CC Spawn Resort. As he and Annabeth float into the Sea of Monsters, Percy laments Tyson's fate. Annabeth finally tells Percy what she knows about Chiron's prophecy, a half-blood child of the big three who lives to 16 and beside the fate of Olympus. It's the reason Kronos didn't kill him. Eventually, they reach land, a port from which they're led to CC Spawn Resort. Cece sends Annabeth away for a makeover and attends to Percy. He feels uncomfortable seeing himself in the mirror, but she shows him a reflection he prefers, and then transforms him into a guinea pig. Annabeth comes back in, newly made up, and Cece, actually the sorceress Cersei, tries to recruit her. But Annabeth, using the Hermes multivitamins to resist her magic, reverts Percy and the other guinea pigs, who turn out to be Blackbeard and his crew. While the pirates are distracted attacking Cersei, Percy commandeers their ship and uses Poseidon magic to set sail with Annabeth. Chapter 13. Annabeth tries to swim home. As they pass through the Sea of Monsters, Annabeth tells Percy why she hates Cyclopes. At age 7, she, Luke, Thalia, and Grover ended up in a Cyclops lair in Brooklyn, where the Cyclops used his vocal imitation to separate them all. Annabeth managed to free the others, but the Cyclops imitated her father's voice to try and stop her, and it stayed with her ever since. That detour was how the monsters that killed Thalia cut up. When Percy sleeps, he dreams of being on the Princess Andromeda with a mysterious punk girl that wields the Aegis shield, who opens Cronus's coffin and is engulfed in its light. When he wakes up, Annabeth says they're in the territory of the Sirens, and asks him to tie her up so she can become wiser through their song without being drowned or eaten. She still escapes while entranced, though, and Percy nearly drowns her to dispel the Siren's lure, a world where she's designed every building, reunited her parents, and saved Luke. Annabeth is heartbroken when they're back on the ship, and she tells him that it's her fatal flaw that drew her in, hubris, the ability to change the world however she wants. They resolve themselves again to save the camp, and arrive at Polyphemus's island. 14. We meet the Sheep of Doom. Percy and Annabeth arrive and see that the other lifeboat from the Confederate ship is here. They then climb up the island's cliffside and see, inside the Cyclops cave, a tied-up Clarice in front of Polyphemus and the disguised Grover. Clarice blows Grover's cover, Polyphemus decides she'll be his bride instead, and Grover will be their main course, and the Cyclops goes off to gather ingredients after rolling a boulder to block the cave entrance. At sunset, the time of the wedding, Percy holds on to the underside of a sheep, and Annabeth goes invisible, so they can sneak into the cave. And when they're inside, Annabeth uses Odysseus's old nobody trick, angering Polyphemus to distraction, while Percy finds Clarice and Grover and cuts them out of their bonds. After Clarice tells Percy that she was the only one who ate onto the lifeboat, dashing his hopes of Tyson still being alive, 
they hear an explosion echo through the cave and a cry of fear from Annabeth. So, what did you think of the chapter, Jane? Uh, I think, like, the chapters in this book started in a fairly, like, dismal place. And since then, they've been, like, gradually increasing in quality. And I, I think with, agree. with these chapters, I think we're back at the level of, like, some of the best stuff in The Lightning Thief in terms of quality. Yeah, we're getting the same uh, spot-on, like, description. We're getting the same spot-on, like, prose. We've got excellent like humor and emotional moments it's it's all back to the peak absolutely yeah do what do you have any do you have any like moments to stand out to you from these chapters as especially good i have thoughts and opinions about it but i think as its own thing as just a part of the story annabeth telling percy about like the cyclops encounter that um she talia and luke had it's like, that's a really great addition to that backstory. It's a really good little horror bit. Yeah. It gives a lot more context. I'm like, why has Annabeth been such like a bullying asshole this whole book? Mm-hmm. Like, because she's been really rude to Tyson this whole time. And like, uh, it's, I guess now we get her like, her trauma backstory and why she hates Cyclops. But it's, which is an, an interesting way to do it. But it makes sense. Yeah, like there there are things to talk about, but like as as just like pure character stuff for Annabeth, it's really good. Yeah, I think that part of what makes it really good is the idea, like it has a strong premise, which is like being lured in by it's a cl- it's a classic horror monster tro- trick, mm-hmm. the being lured in by a friend's voice and then realizing that your friend was never there at all and it was actually a monster. Like, that's good. It's just like my favorite horror movie, The Bye Bye Man. Yeah, it's just like The Bye Bye Man. Don't think (laughs) it, don't say it. Don't think it, don't say it. And I think that the the good part about it is that, like, Annabeth is seven Mm -hmm. in these chapters. She is a baby. She is a baby, which is, like, that's terrifying. She, oh my god, uh, I cannot imagine. Um, And, like... I know Luke and Thalia were like the older teens, right? But mm-hmm. they must they must have been like thirteen or something. Yeah, I think so. Because we we we've seen Talia before in Percy's dreams, and she was about the same age as him when she died. So yeah, I do. We is that have we seen her in his dreams? Yeah, in a Lightning Thief, she like very briefly appears before he has a uh, dream about Kronos. Right, okay. And we get another Percy dream sequence here, which is interesting. Yeah. We're the we character get... who I'm fairly certain is Talia, but it doesn't mention her by name. It's just a simple it, description. It, it's definitely Thalia. She mm-hmm. has the Aegis shield, which is literally a Zeus thing. Oh, She's okay. like a... Yeah. Uh, you've played Hades. You know this. Um... I don't read the flavor text. <laughs> I'm too cool for that. You're too cool for learning. Jane, you're <laughs> such a jock. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And she I I I wasn't I don't know, when I when I like I wasn't expecting her to be like a cool punk girl for some reason. I guess it makes sense. I mean, she's from like the, the 90s? Wait, for some reason I got the impression that she was from like the 70s. When I get that doesn't make sense. I think it's because you you don't you just said it you don't like to read things 
Oh, no, yeah, she's like from the nineties, likely. Um, yeah. and that was like Yeah, it would have been about digits. five years before this came out, so late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. But it's cool. I like the I like a punk girl character, you know what I mean? It's it's an interesting like her, seeing her engulfed in like the light of like like the coffin is cool. Uh I don't know, there's a lot of good stuff. I Yeah. I think that that dream sequence is like obviously it means nothing to us now. But I think it really like hammers home how intimidating and creepy Kronos is. Absolutely. Like how well, how well established he's been as a villain. Yeah. Like we've we we just hear him from like the rumblings from the depths and like Percy's dreams and occasionally mind controlling his minions. Occasionally, yeah. Speaking of villains, let's talk about some villains. We get one uh, named Cersei this chapter. We do. What do you think of Cersei? Disclaimer, I don't know shit about the um, original myth that she's come from. She was... Okay, there's a lot of Odysseus stuff in this. Um, We haven't really talked about that, but there, this whole thing is kind of just the Odyssey. I guess that that makes sense because that was mostly sailing. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure in the Odyssey they went through uh, Caribdis and Scylla. I think they 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 definitely met Cersei. They couldn't do the Lotus Eaters because they already did the mm-hmm. Lotus Eaters. But yeah, it's interesting. They they have a lot of like, uh, and another thing is of course uh, the Cyclops. But Cersei would basically turns men into pigs. That that was mm, her thing. I see. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about like her as a villain. I think uh-huh. she's you know she's a one chapter villain. She's a bit one note. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about her? Yeah, she's like fine as a villain. I think she works better as like she's facilitating something interesting, which is like seeing, like. Percy's self doubts manifest in a way we haven't seen before. Which yeah, is like, like she's she's there to basically set up this like really interesting chapter, which I think has like a lot going on in it. Yeah, but which basically shows off like Percy has some like big self confidence, like kind of not like body dysmorphia quite, but like so, like big issues with his like, appearance. It's like very clearly like oh it's cool that we get to hear about his like self-confidence issues with like his appearance because i feel like that's i don't know that's usually not something you'd hear about with like like i don't know like a little boy character yeah i mean i think this is this chapter is definitely a rick um doing a theme about like um like unrealistic um like body standards and stuff like the way that Percy and Annabeth both get like their insecurities highlighted and pointed out to them and then are immediately offered like, oh, but I can give you this perfect solution immediately. And there is absolutely no evil downsides to this at all. Yeah. And that's that's pretty good. Uh is Cersei a turf? <laughs> she she might be a little bit a turf. I mean, because per- Percy's trans and she discriminates against him, so obviously. I I would write a fic where like, where like this is Percy's like discovery of like dysphoria. And Please do. 
you know, like people do that shit all the time with Harry Potter. Like, oh, Harry looks into the mirror and what he sees is him, uh, uh, you know, with his parents, but also as a girl. And that's mm-hmm. what, fine, fine, whatever. Who cares? Uh, it's if you want to make trans Harry Potter fan fiction, go for it. I guess if that's if that's your way of rebellion, uh, <laughs> you're kind of useless way of rebellion then fine that's fine but you should switch to a different children's book franchise like percy jackson and then listen to all the cool podcasts about it yeah like unwise girls yeah um no yeah but i i think there could be an interesting interplay if somebody wanted to write that fan fiction of like turf cersei and (laughs) dysphoric percy seeing the perfect image in the mirror and it's huh girl you know something like that it could be fun but i i think that like cersei's whole thing is that she's like all men are evil and the cause of problems Mm -hmm. and the way that we want to do this is by reclaiming the power of magic um like it's 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 an interesting it's not actually that interesting a character i've seen this character a million times oh absolutely I mean, I, I thought it was going to go in a very different direction when I, like, first read this chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, I, because, like, when it describes, like, oh, there's only women on this island, I thought we were on the island of Lesbos. And I thought you, I thought Percy was going to get force-femmed. I, listen, as much as I would love it if every single <laughs> character in every single book ever made got force-femmed, <laughs> I guess maybe I just, like, I, I don't know. That could have been interesting. I I saw Cece and I was immediately like, oh, it's Cersei. Okay, that makes sense. I, I was like, oh, cool. It's the green hair girl from Code Geass. Uh, oh, the pizza girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is is she the one artists always have her with like her butt out and like the pizza? Yes. Okay, it's making sure. I can speak with authority um, on this. Okay. Um... But yeah, I think that like uh, I don't know. It's not that interesting a villain, but it is. But she in- is interesting for what she sets up. Mm-hmm. Also, Blackbeard's in it, and that's kind of cool. That that what that was fun and unexpected. Just like one of yeah. the hamsters Percy has put in a cage with his Blackbeard and his crew. <laughs> like, was there like a mysterious legend of like Blackbeard disappearing? I no, he died. It's it's fairly well documented. <laughs> I I believe. I I'm gonna look this up really fast because that's always good for podcasts is looking things up really quick. I'm almost certain his head got cut off and taken as a trophy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Uh his his corpse was thrown to the inlet and his head was suspended from the bowsprit of Maynard's stoop, uh, so that he could collect a reward for it. Um Interesting. I I wish I was a pirate. I think that'd be kind of cool. Piracy is cool. Maybe that was the mist. <laughs> you know, maybe the mist made made the made all those people think that they killed Blackbeard, but in actuality, it was just like some like random pirate with like a dark beard. The mortals just see him getting beheaded, but actually, he's just the son of Ares chugging a milkshake and turning into a guinea pig. Oh yeah, they did say that he was the son of Ares, didn't they? That's you know what I'm I'm I sometimes object to these historical oh this person was actually a demigod nah this one makes sense I'm okay with this 
They put in uh, Amelia Earhart as like a daughter of Athena, I think. Is she did she just do airplanes? Is that her thing? Yeah, she flew. Okay. You can remember this by her name being Amelia Earhart. I see. I see. I I guess you wouldn't know as much about her since you're you're a British. I am, unfortunately. I'm trying to get help for it, but. Ah, <laughs> oh, I believe Jane. I will support you in your uh, British conversion therapy. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> no, she. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting thing to like say because she like disappeared. Did she? I think she disappeared over the over the Bermuda Triangle. Huh. I'm kind of surprised she didn't show up in that case. That's true. Uh, I'm not finding anything saying it was the Bermuda Triangle, but uh. she did disappear um and was never found which is really interesting i does this mean blackbeard been... and hitler are half brothers uh that's i i think they'd be more like cousins right no because they they'd both be aries kids oh no way i'm hitler sorry is not an no, aries Hades. Hit... hitler sorry, is an mistake. aries kid <laughs> horrifying sentence to say but we've been forced <laughs> to um oh, yeah, it'd be kind of weird if clarice was also half brothers with hitler I I can't think about. We have to we have to pretend like that never happened. We have to pretend like that never happened. We we have to we we just have to like excise that from our brains. We have to remove that little chunk of gray matter, eat it or something. I don't know. So it's not in our heads anymore because we can't talk about. It's so bad. It completely breaks the story. I just we can't we can't. Bad, Jane. If it's any <sighs> consolation, it seems like Rick also doesn't want to talk about it anymore as well, because he's like no. folding some extra mythology and stuff into the World War II stuff to make it not just he who Hitler was Hades' kid, Winston Churchill was Poseidon's kid, or whatever. Yeah. Oh Christ. <laughs> uh. No, you're right though, because we do get to hear a bit more about like the World War II stuff with mm-hmm. um. I think it it was because of the prophecy. Yeah. We hear that, like, it wasn't just because of World War II that they decided to stop having kids. It was because one of their kids was going to grow up and become 16 and then decide the fate of Olympus. Yeah. Which is a pretty standard prophecy, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, like, the prophecy being the hero might turn evil is, like, that's nothing new. But I do feel like it's been pretty well justified so far in this book by like making Percy a bit more complex and making him see the world in more shades of grey. Yeah, absolutely. Like he has a monster for a brother now, and he's we're seeing real parallels between him and Clarice. Yeah, and we get to like, you know, like Luke makes a few points or whatever, and Annabeth admits mm-hmm. that like we like like admits that she like is tempted by the idea of just like destroying the like destroying what there is and like replacing it by herself too and it's i do and i do like that we're getting that more like i guess full exploration of what people would feel about this because like mm-hmm. uh, because like annabeth is like some of the worst things that have ever happened in the world are because of like the west or whatever TM. And TM. Uh, we are going to be playing a lot with the concept of the West in this book, even if that is kind of a weird concept. 
in yeah. like real historical and like political analysis just because it is like so prevalently used yeah it comes book. up a lot uh-huh but we don't really get it's a, it's a pretty like light light job like we like she's like you know there's a lot of bad things but ultimately you know we gotta you know vote for politicians and reform it <laughs> i don't think she says that exactly but that is the spirit of it it's a very it's a very lib thing it's mm-hmm. a very lib feeling like like fit whole thing speaking of liberals oh uh let's talk about let's talk about uh some other things that just do nothing over and over it's like the same stuff over and over uh-huh. again i see <laughs> and, and uh let's talk about uh how we get introduced to the lotus casino let's okay so they just walk into another like evil evil place again again and they even remark on how stupid it was to do that yeah i it's i know this is a really easy formula to walk off to like and it's it's really easy because you can introduce it in like a fun like integration between modern world and myth thing and for that, it's like, yeah, it's a good formula. Mm-hmm. But also, if it's over and over again, like, oh, they stop in at the at the curio store and it's Medusa. They they stop in at a casino and it's the the Lotus Eaters. You know, it's it's just the same thing over and over again, kind of. Yeah, and I feel like, especially when the book is set in like, because like Lightning Thief is very firmly like urban fantasy. Whereas yes. this is like, we're in the Sea of Monsters. We are in full fantasy world. So I think there's like a really good opportunity there to break away from that formula. But this, like, that's one of the big problems with the CC chapter is that it doesn't do that. And I I think it's kind of an interesting concept, but it'd be cooler, like, I don't really understand why. Like, why? I mean, I guess I kind of do, like... I don't know. It's interesting because, like, it's an understandable disguise. Maybe somebody just floats into the sea of monsters, uh, and you know, they're like, "Oh, there's a resort or whatever," and mm-hmm. you know, I can I can get some water, and then yeah, they get uh, you know, stuff. But uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of boring now. Yeah, I I Not already kind of felt like it was. Yeah, it was getting a little bit overused by by like the princess Andromeda. And now it feels like this. This is good, but it needs to be put back on the shelf for a while before you use it again. And it felt like like the the Princess Andromeda and the Monster Donut thing were also kind of aversions to mm-hmm. this idea because like they they immediately know that there are monsters there, and they're not like there as like oh let's have some fun on this boat while we're on our journey. They're there as like we know there are monsters here, and we're just like gonna Itching try around. and. Yeah, we're just hitching a we're hitching a ride. And we're also seeing what's going on because like Hermes pointed it pointed them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monster donut thing is like, it's like oh Tyson did that while we were asleep. He he got into his own little inventory where where he mistakenly like went to a donut shop. Yeah, and um, it's like obvious on its face that it's some kind of weird monster trap. Yeah. Um, this doesn't really do that. It just kind of feels like, oh, we're at a resort. That's fun. Um, even though they both admit, you know, they admit like, oh, it's kind of 
kind of weird we're just doing the same thing again you know it's mm-hmm. it's not like it kind of feels like it's going backwards yeah it's like it's not lampshading it in like a clever way it's just acknowledging that yes they've done this before and yes they are doing it again yeah you know about the, the sirens yeah let's talk about the sirens you know what let how about instead we talk okay uh okay Ugh, fuck what's transition uh I don't remember how I said into the last part, so I don't know how to transition properly. Oh god, this feels like I'm 14 all over again. Oh my god. <laughs> hey Jacqueline, oh what are your thoughts on the sirens? Oh, thank you, Jane. Uh, I've been <laughs> thinking about the sirens a lot. I think they are so smexy and... Okay, Jesus. so I want to talk about the sirens because it's really interesting that they allow us to get more of a characterization for Annabeth. Yeah. I I think it's cool that we get like, oh, uh, Annabeth, we it's basically stuff we already know. Annabeth wants her parents to be reunited. She want we she wants to be the cool architect of the world. Mm-hmm. And she like wants Luke to be good again, but it's good seeing that like we get to see inside her head and have it all kind of put together in the way that she sees it by like going to the dream world that the sirens construct for her. And that's, I think that's good, because Annabeth is, like, a pretty, like, well-fleshed-out character by this point. Yeah. She's, like, I don't know. She's basically the same amount of, like, a character as Percy is, which is, like, maybe shouldn't be a lot to say, but it feels like, you know, maybe sometimes side character girls aren't as much of a character as, like, main character boys in a lot of YA books. Perhaps. We're just glaring angrily at pretty much every YA author at this point. Yeah. I think it is also like, because while this is stuff that we know about her, it does recontextualize it a bit. Because, like, we know that she wants Luke to be good again. We know that she wants her parents to get back together. We didn't know that this was, like, the deepest desire of her heart. That's true. That, like, the ultimate thing that she would like to be happy is completely impossible and out of reach. And she knows that. Yeah. And that's really sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I think it's, yeah. I it's really it's 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 definitely profoundly like not profound, but like mm-hmm. it's very sad. It's good. It's I'm, I'm glad we got a closer look at her like psyche. I and also we think. Also, oh, sorry. No, you can go ahead. I was just gonna say this is um. This is also um another example of like CC being uh pretty flat in her own right but also like setting up some interesting stuff for other characters to do later uh-huh because there's like there's a throwaway line in her chapter where she says we are not so different you and i to annabeth which is like that's standard villain bullshitting all villains say that all the time but then like the story actually follows through on that by showing us that annabeth does actually have a lot of hubris and a desire to, like, remake the world in her own image. That's just a really really good attention to detail. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's not, like, a detail you think would be picked up on at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they do. I also think it's just good characterization for Percy that, like... Because we're pretty solidly in his darkest hour at this point. Like, he is sitting over the wheel of the pirate ship he has, feeling miserable because his half-brother is dead. Yeah, uh, he still like dives in the, into the water to save his friend. He's like, he does everything he can to make sure that she can do her weird experiment. It's just really nice. 
It shows his strength yeah, of character. I, absolutely. And I'm really glad that we get that. Like, we talk about how Percy is sad a lot in these episodes. Mm-hmm. But he is a. He, I never realized how much of a sad boy he is. Because he's like, wow, maybe I am just like a, just like a, you know, guinea pig. I'm just like a a small little rodent. I should just like be crushed under the boot of like life and just like, I, I am, I have, I can have no effect on the world. I am worthless. I am nothing. And it's like, oh God, Percy. I mean, yeah, this, this chapter also contains the second time in these few chapters and the third time in the series that he's made a throwaway remark about killing himself, so... Yeah, I... think Percy I, needs to go oh. to therapy. Percy really needs therapy. Do they have a therapist at Camp Half-Blood? I think that was just Mr. D, and he just sits oh. down on a sofa then insults you. I... Okay, I... Mr. D does feel like he could be a good therapist. Like, like outside of, like, office hours, he's, like, kind of a, a jerk who will rib you a bit. But he's, like... He would ultimately be like have some really deep insights about like how to like actually like work work. I don't know. Maybe he would actually. He would really suck as a therapist. I think he's an alcoholic. You can be an alcoholic therapist, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Mister D has. It may, maybe it's like a do as I say, not as I do kind of situation, where he's screwed up his life enough to get stuck in this assignment he hates. And he just tells people, like, hey, don't piss off Zeus. That's a bad idea. And Percy's already gone against that. Do you think Chiron would be a good therapist? Hmm. I mean, fascist piss horse jokes aside, probably. He's, like, he's a very fatherly figure. He's, like, the quintessential good mentor type character. Yeah, I... What if... Okay. I think that, like... I th- Okay, first of all, I think there should be a Camp Half-Blood therapist for sure. They need um, one. <laughs> they need one. They send out children on quests every summer. That's that's literally not good for your health. Um, oh, actually, I guess like that? they they hadn't sent out someone on a quest for like five years after Luke's last one. So maybe they like fired the therapist because they didn't need them anymore. And they haven't gotten around to hiring a new one yet. I guess that's true. They're also like all, every single one of them will have the exact same problem, which is that one of their parents will never interact with them. (laughs) So I think like, as long as you have like somebody who is at least like mildly equipped to deal with that subject, then you can probably like have a decent little setup going on. I mean, you say that most of the kids are going to have the same problem of their parent not talking to them. Some of them are going to have the problem of like, I lost a limb. I mean, yeah, that too, but that's for the regular doctor. <laughs> I guess for the for the brain you doctor get, too. You get some PTSD for getting your arm bitten off by a dragon or something. But that's like we said, they already fired. They already fired that person. They did. Which Greek god do you think was the therapist? Which Greek god was the ther like 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 for who for like it's like the god of therapy or for like the like the <laughs> like the, like the like the Olympian family therapist. Oh god, I would not envy anyone that position. No, but I mean, like, I mean, Mr. D works at the camp, which, like, Olympian do you think they would have dragged down to work as a therapist for a while, and then sacked? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I think it'd be really funny if it was Apollo, because he's, like, the god of medicine, and I just- Oh yeah. It'd be really funny if he was, like- 
Ah, uh, if he like just the mat because it, just imagining the kind of person that I think they would make Apollo, but mm-hmm. is like I think he'd be like a real big dude bro therapist. Is that a thing? Like a what a dude bro therapist? What what is that like? Paint me a picture. I don't know. Like you you get into their office and they're like you know like uh, oh hey Jane like hey uh how you doing today yeah no uh. Yeah. Oh, how am I doing? I was just off, you know, doing some longboarding. Uh, you know, I was, like, doing some cool... Oh, but, but you know, like, oh, so... How, how, like, that make, how's that make you feel? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's kind of... That, I can see how that would hurt, you know? that That is a really hurtful comment. You know, I think that there's... Uh, it's really good that you're opening up about this, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you gotta... You gotta talk to people about this. You know, I mean? have you thought about working on getting your license some more? You know, it's cool. You know, it's cool to just you know go around driving a driving your your bike. You know, DIY shit, man. But like, you gotta go and get that license because you're like gonna be living on your own soon. And oh god, now I'm horrifying myself. Uh, Jacqueline, you good? Uh huh. Uh, I'm just like mentally projecting. Uh, I don't I see. know. Uh, anyway, that's what I, that's that my impression. <laughs> that's my impression of a dude bro therapist. He's like a sensitive dude bro. Yeah, you gotta have a sensitive dude bro for a therapist. Uh, oh Christ. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we talking about, is this a podcast? What are we doing? Uh, I mean, I'm talking and the little spiky things on Audacity are going up, so I think we're doing a podcast. Okay, let's talk about the other chapters. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Cyclops, Cyclopes. Uh, let's, I think we specifically need to focus in on the man-eating piranha sheep. Uh, I do like the sheep. I think they're cute. I think they're horrifying. They <laughs> ate a deer, and they're, like, really big ones. And, like, Percy can, hide, can like, grab onto the underneath them and, like, hold on. I, I would love to hold on to those are the killer ones. Oh, those aren't the killer ones? No. No, the, he has... Um, Polyphemus has, like, I think, normal sheep on one side of the island and killer sheep on the other side of the island. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. Thank you for letting me know. Of course. Yeah, I... But he managed to hang on to one of them, and they're cute. But I want to talk about yeah. how the cyclo- Cyclopes are portrayed in this. Yeah, that's... Okay. The, you get into a problem with any... With any single fantasy, like, we okay, here's the problem. If you give any sort of coding to any fantasy race or, like, species, uh, it'd be more accurate, and then, like, then make them all evil, that automatically becomes, like, a really weird metaphor, even if you don't mean it to be. Sure fucking does. Um, now the problem is that there's a bit of... There's a bit of nuance here because it's arguable how much of like how intentioned this was. So like maybe, you know, maybe we're just reading too much into it about Tyson or whatever. I but, like, I don't think Rick thought about this, but I also don't think it's like reading too much into it to talk about it. Yeah, but I think like there is there is a point where like every single ty- every single Tyson every single Cyclops <laughs> we meet is evil except for Tyson. Yep. 
And I guess, like, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the ones who, like, work at the, like, the forgers aren't evil. Um, I mean, they make monster balls that attack children, so. Yeah, but that's normal. That's just, like, a thing you have to do. <laughs> that's true, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually surprised that the gods haven't murdered Percy yet. Yeah, you know. They, and, like, I think that there's a little bit of a problem where, like, you you show Tyson as, like, kind of being coded as, like, a kid with learning, with, like, a developmental disability or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, get into the thing where it's, like, all the Cyclops are really dumb and easily tricked. And they're evil. And they're big. And, and it's kind of, like, tiresome. I don't know. Like... It's cool and smart to play tricks on this character who I've inadvertently coded as having a developmental disability. Like, I don't know if that's exact... I don't know if him being a Cyclops is, like, like where the coding comes from, though. But, like, none of... All the other Cyclopes are, like, portrayed as, like... I don't want to say in the same way. They are portrayed as, like, comedy stupid. I'd push back on that because we haven't met any other Cyclopes beyond we've, like we've met. We know about the one in um, the the Annabeth, Talia, and Luke ran into, but we didn't really hear anything about that about that person, the Cyclops' personality. Oh, that's true. I guess. So I I would argue that the only two we have are like Tyson and Polyphemus to go off of, mm-hmm. and I guess all we, like we know that like. Polyphemus, you know, he gets he gets tricked by the old. He can't see very well. He got his eye poked out, and he gets he gets tricked easy by. But I don't know if that's like the same kind of coding that Tyson has, basically. Which I think, like, comes off a lot differently because there are a lot of elements that add up to it, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's quite the same thing, but I understand what you're saying. I know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Rick is like, haha, it's funny to play tricks on people who have disabilities. I think he didn't think about what he was writing and has accidentally written something that reads that way. Yeah, I just don't know if it does read that way to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I get you. I think that, like, I do really like this chapter because we get more Clarice stuff. Clarice is rapidly turning into my favorite character. Honestly, same. Like, <laughs> she's she's gigantic, which always is a good character trait, I feel like. Absolutely. She is, like, a complete jerk, and complete jerks are always the best characters. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, very funny, and, like, com- she's, like, okay... I guess we should talk, maybe we should talk a little bit about the, like, kind of, like, because we get, like, a little bit of more, like, oh, Grover's in a dress humor. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it's not, it's, I have decided it's not good. Um, (laughs) After much consideration, guy in a dress humor is bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed from, like, oh, maybe this is a funny reference to... You know, Norse mythology. I'm doing a nerd voice, even though I'm imitating you. So I'm sorry about that. I mean, uh, no, that's fair. But yeah, the uh, it's it's not. It's it's obviously just like oh, 
he has, you know, obvious curly hair and facial hair, and that's not, that's not feminine of him, and he's just a boy in a grove, he's just a boy in a wedding dress, it's not funny, and, uh, uh, no, it's not funny, it's not, it's not funny at all, it's, it's, it's complete horseshit. Rick, you know um, how to write good jokes, you didn't need to resort to this. Absolutely not. Um... But yeah, I I do love Clarice because she is like she Grover is doing an obvious like disguise and she's like that's obviously Grover right in front of me. And, th- <laughs> and that part of it is really funny. I think like one of the things we said about Annabeth in book 1 was like, oh, you know, she's interested in being a traditional Greek hero, but she's not all about the fighting, she's also about like the architecture and the like the wisdom and the stuff. And Clarice is just about the fighting. Clarice is just about the fighting, and it kind of rules. Yeah, I, I honestly respect that. I, I can't say anything bad about her, because... Oh, God, I'm at 100% for... Oh, oh no, oh, God, okay. What's um, up? My, record, my recording volume went up too high. Uh, oh, no. I, but yes, the it's really... Uh, she's just so perfect. I, I am a huge Clarice fan. She's my She might be my favorite character now. Um... Oh, um, I guess we already ended on a high note, but I also wanted to say a positive thing that, like, yeah, goes through all three of these chapters is just the dialogue and the, like, bantering back and forth between Percy and Annabeth is just, it's always really funny and really engaging, and it feels convincingly like something that two 13-year-olds would be yelling at each other. Like they're making faces at each other, they are accidentally stamping on one another, but you can still really tell that they care about each other and are good friends. Being able to authentically portray these like two kids who are like have been forged in the fires of friendship and are like with each other in that way, mm-hmm. but are also simultaneously like exhausted to their core and to portray both aspects and like an even way uh consistently i i've got to respect that i don't know it's good it's really good i i had some articles pulled up but i think i want to save Ooh. those for next time interesting i was actually uh cooking up a game in the background that i want to play at some point uh what, but we can definitely I, save that okay we will we will save the article and the game uh <laughs> uh I think that that'll do it for us today. I think so. If you'd like to reach the show, you can drop us an email at unwisegirlspod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at unwisegirls, where we also have a link to our official Discord server. Uh, if you like us, thank you. And you can also support us by continuing to download our episodes, maybe leaving a nice rating and review, and checking out our Patreon. For a dollar a month, you get a special role on our Discord server, marking you as a camp counselor. For three dollars a month, you get an even special role as a friend of Dionysus and access to all of our bonus content. This week, we talked about what did we talk about? Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, we talked about uh, let me see. Oh right, we talked about uh the Adventure Zone finale. Yeah, this week we talked about the Adventure Zone finale, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, including how many uh, listener uh, write into our Twitter account how many 
Taz tattoos on the, the Adventure Zone <laughs> subreddit do you think is a reasonable number to have uh, posts about? Uh, the answer Jayden had might surprise you. If you want to find out, go support us on Patreon. Um, Engage with me in the marketplace of ideas. If you're feeling especially generous, for $5, you get the specialist role of Aphrodite's Chosen. All our bonus content, and you get a special shout-out at the end of every episode. Speaking of which, uh, this week we'd like to thank Mercy, Veronica, Friend, and Medusa Daddy Poseidon's ex. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'd also like to um, quickly just like put the call out for something. Uh-huh. Which is, um, despite having uh, a few wonderful patrons and, you know, uh, some people in the Discord server who we talk to a lot, who we know, like, talk to the show, who listen to the show, uh, we haven't actually been left any uh, reviews yet on the um, on any of the pages for the podcast. So I was wondering if you, Jacqueline, would uh, agree that uh, if someone leaves a, rev- a nice review and then puts something within reason in quotation marks underneath it, uh, we both have to read it out on air. Oh, certainly, yes. I, I will read any review that you leave. I don't care if it's, I don't know, Dionysus Huge Boobies or something like that. <laughs> and, like, you can make us say that. Mr. Double D's. <laughs> And as we always say at the end of every episode, see you next week, Camp Half Blood. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. Mm-hmm.